0: These are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv ripping, calling some sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest people I know.
1: Hello world and welcome to the funniest people I know podcast. We are coming to you live. God, we're not live. La La Cluris. Clor, not live. Cloris. Your name is George hey, Cluris. You got it. Wow, I've been practicing Cloris. that all week to learn the name of the four people who have done thirteen other episodes. This is episode fourteen, everybody.
0: Wow. I'm impressed.
1: Everybody is like everybody except in Georgia. You say, yeah, everybody. Sorry, I have a thing against the number 14. But, uh, you know, that's another story for another time. I mean, no, not, it's a time. No, I just don't like it. I don't like that number. (laughs) It's like, I'm real, like, biased against it. Is it two sevens? We're here at the Georgia Radio Reading Service. My name is Will Amato and I'm going to get a PlayStation 4 Pro for Christmas, guys. That's what I want
2: to ask Santa for. You better be nice. Hey, I'm TJ Jackson, and I'm going through a pineapple
0: salsa phase. So
3: Uh, So specific.
2: I'm George, and
3: a woman once tried to drown me in a bowl of soup. Oh. Oh, man.
0: My name is Lily Blackburn. And I'm wearing my sweater backwards.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it, Lily. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, TJ's almost got almost died, but okay. <laughs> Backward sweater wins.
0: George almost got drowned in a bowl I of soup. almost died
1: in soup, but, you know. Lily Who wins. tried to drown you in a bowl of soup? My babysitter. Oh,
2: how traumatizing.
1: Yeah.
0: What were you doing to deserve Also, what know, kind he, of
3: soup? Being mouthy, chicken soup. Wow, was she ever asked back? Yeah, yeah, no, she was
1: a regular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents didn't care. Bar- They're like, you probably did something. They encourage it. <laughs>
2: DJ, I understand you got a list for us. Tell us about your Yay, list, buddy. I know December has just started, so we're uh, headed toward the holiday season. And I know for some, coming together with the family can't be so great for everyone. I come up with a list of excuses to avoid the family gathering this year. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, (laughs) that's great. All right, so I divide these up into categories, and we're going to start with the first one, which is illness. Uh, Of course, plain and simple, you have a migraine, your pet has cancer, child has pink (laughs) guy, or your significant other has diarrhea. (laughs) And now you just have that on top of a migraine as well. The next is car trouble. That includes tires flat, out of gas, tree fell in the driveway, someone just stole your car completely.
0: Yeah. Out of gas is like the laziest excuse yes. I just couldn't make it to yeah. the station, Sorry. man. Sorry. There's
2: like a leak. I don't know. The next category is House trouble. Your electricity's out, pipe burst, raccoons in the attic, squirrels <laughs> in a wall, squirrels in a hall, squirrels in your car.
0: Squirrels anywhere.
2: Yeah, squirrels everywhere, anywhere. <laughs> uh, Terrible excuse. <geez. laughs> sinkhole in the yard, explosion in the kitchen, car garage door won't open, house is haunted, you know. House is haunted. Yeah, all those, bye raccoons. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And the next category is just acts of God, ones you can't control, like rain, snow, sleet, cancelled flights, swarms of locusts, tree uh three days of darkness. I can't, you know, because yeah. of
3: the locusts in Three Days of Darkness. I mean, like, you live across yeah. town, yeah. DJ, exactly. and it's not happening. I can't
2: make it to Passover this time. <laughs> Sorry. And then the last category, of course, is human error. Of course. Like, you lost your car keys, you overslept, forgot to pay the electric bill. You scared Santa off your roof, so now you're Santa, and now you're exhausted from being up all night delivering presents to all the boys and girls. <laughs>
1: Wow, thank you, TJ. That was great. George, are you going to go to your big holiday extravaganza at the Kularis family this year? No, I'm going to call them and tell them that Santa got diarrhea and ran out of gas, and I had
3: to (laughs) replace
2: him, and I'm too tired. Or he fell off the roof and died, and you had to come, Santa Claus. How morbid.
1: Mm -hmm. It's now time for a segment called Weird News. This actually ties into your list, TJ. This is a real headline. Police lock up angry raccoons drunk on apple hooch until, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> until they sober up. Oh, raccoons. Reports of rabid raccoons terrorizing a West Virginia neighborhood rabid? turned out to be exaggerated. Exaggerated? They were, Rabies
0: so, is no joke.
1: Well, the raccoons did not have rabies. Oh, they okay. simply found some fermented crab apples and apparently are rather surly drunks. <laughs> That's awesome. I love these raccoons. We've had calls on suspected rabid raccoons twice over the last few days. The Milton Police Department wrote on Facebook, Turns out they appear to be drunk on crab apples. Aww. Drunk on crab apples? This the is awesome. The department released a mugshot of one no, of the mass suspects. TJ, tell me what you think of that picture
2: there. He looks adorable.
1: <laughs> oh, can I see? Police recently hauled yeah. in two drunk raccoons. Although they say that catching them... Uh, I just showed them the photo. What's your reaction, George? No, he really is. He's like the most adorable drunk raccoon I've ever seen. That's not
0: a mugshot. That's a stock photo. It's got to be. That's, yeah. not a, that's not a That's drunk raccoon drunk. He's
1: raccoon not holding reaction. the little numbers. Well, this story has a happy ending because after the animals sobered up, the officers released them into the woods unharmed. Uh, Hung over. And with a bad hangover. (laughs) I've got another animal news story. Would you guys like to hear this? I love them. I know you all really enjoyed our frog game. Oh, God. Ah, I liked it. I thought it was fun. Totally. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've had a lot of emails about it. So this is a little frog news from England. England's frog population could jump thanks (laughs) thanks to new frog ladders. By installing the amphibian ladders, it enables frogs to get out of the drain and back to their breeding pools and doing what they should be doing and making more amphibians, one frog lover said. Warwick, England. A small group of British conservationists are installing mesh-covered ladders in roadside drains to save trapped amphibians from certain death. The Warwickshire Amphibian Reptile Team, or memorably acronymed WART, yeah. Oh my God. hopes that by placing 20 of the rust-resistant aluminum ladders down drains near known breeding pools in England's West Midlands, they can boost the dwindling amphibian population.
0: So frogs just, like, fall into the drains and then can't get back up?
1: They do. And there's a photo here. You can see there's a little frog. and he's. Oh, it's a frog into... on the ladder. <laughs> and, yeah, so they, it's they, a lizard they, with a ladder. they get into the drain and they, you know, don't make it. And oh, so, I mean, that's, think, nice. you know, it's Darwinism, frog buddy. Uh, he looks like he's almost out. Oh, man, struggling. <laughs> he's trying real hard. So little happy news from England. And uh, I've got one more. 69-year-old Dutchman attempts to legally lower his age to 49. Oh, I've heard about this. This How is crazy. How does that work? Media personality Emile Rutaband says dropping 20 years from his age will put him in a luxurious position on Tinder. <laughs> He's 69 and wants to prove that it's legally possible to be as old as you feel. He filed a lawsuit in the Dutch government requesting that his date of birth be switched from March 11th, 1949 to March 11th, 1969. We live in a time when you can change your name and change your gender. Why can't I decide my own age? He told the BBC.
0: Wow. Wait,
2: okay, real quick, though. How would you pronounce the name E-M-I-L-E? Emil. Emil. okay. What did you say, Will? (laughs) emulate that's the best part of this story
1: (laughs) all right well thanks everybody it's now time folks for defend your likes get us george i did a little bit of digging first i went to go call tj
3: out on his first instagram posts but they were just so sad (laughs) i couldn't subject us to seeing them so tj yeah, May 24th, 2017 oh. You said no. on Twitter If anyone would like to sponsor my idea For a better version of The View But with Andy Cohen, Ricky yes. Martin, Anderson Cooper And RuPaul, please DM me
2: I still stand by it Really? Uh, yeah.
3: It seems to me kind of sexist ass. That you removed all the women from The View panel <laughs> A women's television so program they have
2: their view And <laughs> the gays will have our view And then whoever wants to have their own view Can
3: so I actually felt like you gave away the milk for free. You kind of gave the entire idea away not on Twitter completely, for free. Not but is there a fifth panelist yeah, that you didn't mention? Is maybe, it you?
2: Yeah, it could be. Also TJ. <laughs> <laughs>
3: there could if, be like segments. Don't, don't let the casting director hear this show. Oh. Okay, Will, on January 1st, 2014, you tweeted... You are still one of the funniest people I've met. I was like, oh, who is he speaking of? We should have him on the show. You are still one of the funniest people I've ever met. My New Year's Eve kiss was a speckled dash hound called Mickey. (laughs) What does that mean? Who was I tweeting at? I have no one. No one. This is all you posted. It was in the middle of the afternoon. And I thought, oh, he must be still wasted, right? (laughs) No, because only 30 minutes earlier you had said... I just made Philly cheesesteak tacos with my dad inspired by those crazy egg rolls we saw on Diners Drive Is and It dies with Guy Fieri. <laughs> so, clearly you and your dad had the wherewithal to make tacos and then 30 minutes later you're still one of the funniest people I've ever met to no one. My New Year's Eve kiss was a speckled dash named Mickey.
1: <laughs> I think the point of that Post is that I didn't and still don't really
2: understand Twitter. I <laughs> that is a true statement. I think we're all still figuring out like what. Wait, what year was that? That was 2014. Oh, never mind. Okay, no. I probably meant
1: to tweet at somebody who made me laugh. About their New Year's kiss. Now, I can tell you, Mickey is a speckled dachshund. He lives with my family, and he's still kicking. A little miniature dachshund, and I imagine... So you I, know who that is. I do know
2: who okay. Mickey
1: is. He was a good kisser. He kissed back.
3: I definitely imagine someone in a dog costume on like, Times Square. I was like, what's going on here? What's this story about? That's a good one. Okay, TJ, January 9th, 2018. Boy, oh, so safe. You retweeted at CNN... Yeah. Read Oprah Winfrey's rousing Golden Globe speech here, and then you said framing this. Uh, did y- you? Yes. Uh, defend your uh, lie. That is. Did you frame room. Oprah Winfrey's rousing Golden Globe speech? <laughs> y-
2: y- yes. I think you're lying. Mm, mm, no. Nope. Really? A is he lying? Line. He That's looks a like lying. Face. No. I, I have it in my room. That's um, yeah. the, I haven't I,
0: written down my response yet, and I'm uh, making sure. it up on the spot I, I did
2: have relations with that tweet, and it's on my wall. That is disgusting. <laughs> if TJ is not lying, we will post a photo
1: of that frame on Instagram.
2: Yeah, yeah. go for it. If TJ <laughs> is lying, we
3: all get
1: hot chicken and mac and cheese for Lily. You know how George feels about product placement.
2: But I'm a vegetarian.
1: Well,
0: that's why. don't lie.
3: Um. I don't have any more because Lily doesn't exist. You
1: know, she's been kept in that basement by her parents until, I don't know, last year when I met her. (laughs) You are, and I mean, I'm marrying you, my lovely fiance. You are a little Kimmy Schmidt sometimes. (laughs) Do you know who that is?
0: I do. That's the thing. My cultural references probably pick up around late high school, early college, which is when I started being exposed to that. But the things that nostalgically people know from their childhood or early teens, I kind of missed that wave and came in. She's like, who's Ronald
3: Reagan?
1: <laughs>
0: came in a little later, kind of where the millennials are at.
1: Well, thank you, George. That was great. Now, folks, we're doing a pop culture blind spot segment. We found out recently that TJ has never seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life, the holiday classic film. So TJ's watched it, and he's got a review for us. We're
2: going to hear his feedback. TJ, take it away. Y'all are more organized with this segment. it's is y'all's turn... I just went down and wrote my thoughts during the entire film, so this is in chronological order.
3: What do you mean in chronological order? What yeah, order did absolutely. you watch this film in? Yeah.
2: Well, I didn't have like a brief summary, so y'all were just going to get every thought
3: did, really Oh, quick. God. All it's right. like we had to watch it with you. Did you watch the it's color? It's like another list. <laughs> <laughs> did you watch the color version or the black and white version? The colored. I knew you would. Of course. They
2: just remastered it, though, okay, right? Yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, same yeah, film. It's okay. just all of Ted Turner. I didn't understand the part of Clarence the Angel being a clockmaker. Did I have questions? There are more questions than anything. They said he had an IQ of a rabbit? Okay, rude. (laughs) Angels? So, uh, anyway. The sledding scene. I didn't know you could get a cold in your ear and lose your hearing. Yeah, no, that's a problem. You gotta be careful. Okay. That was accurate. The two girls sitting at a bar waiting for George Bailey when they're like kids is a mood all on their own because they just acted like two adult women would and just like waiting on a man. I don't know. It was just... They're very saucy. It was very, they were saucy. I just thought the part of him just like playing a child bartender was hilarious. And when the guy yelled at him when he was whistling, like, you're not paid to be a canary is a line I'm going to use. <laughs> so why does he have poison back there? The, the pharmacist.
3: I've wondered this, too. Like, the pharmacist yeah. shouldn't have poison. Exactly. Like it's dangerous because you have you know, medicine back there. Right. You might accidentally get drunk and confuse the medicine with the poison, yeah. and that could be a problem. Yeah. Do y'all remember the part about the
2: basketball court splitting open and it became a pool? Yes. Is that a real thing? Scene. Is that a real thing? Yeah. If you There if really you, are gyms like that? In the 50s. Oh, okay. Or the, whatever year that was. But who was the other guy, and why did he have a key? And why did he want to go... And be the villain. We never got any more of that. Because you needed
3: someone to be the person to push the button to make everybody fall in the pool. How
2: did he know, like, George It's called a plot vehicle? I don't know. I'm just seeing a lot of holes in this movie. (laughs) Also, why couldn't his uncle run the bank while George traveled? It wasn't like he was the only living family member. Because his uncle wasn't great at his job oh he remember, was yeah. yeah i think the remember uncle, he lost the deposit later he didn't
1: have the charisma or the kind of intelligence like yeah. i guess bailey's father right he, yeah
3: and he never would have thought of doing the thing where like the your money's in her house and your okay. money's in your house he would have never thought of that
2: and why does he have a crow and a squirrel <coughs> in the office too so it was the depression they can't afford dogs and cats <laughs> oh, okay okay also, why was there a crowd of people listening on that one private conversation he was having with a woman on the sidewalk? I should have said the scene first, but do y'all know what I'm talking about? When he's talking to that blonde lady?
0: Quite honestly, no. Yeah. Hearing yeah. your recounting of the story, I'm not sure well, he I've was ever like, seen this movie. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. <laughs> of course you haven't. Remember, he's like, oh, in I the want to take
0: off my shoes and run
2: through the hills and on the grass. You're talking like... when you're
3: talking to Donna Reed when she's in the house?
2: No, they're, like, outside, and the blonde lady's hitting on him, And he's like, do you just want to go up to the mountains and be free and climb the waterfall
3: i do love your george
2: bailey impression <laughs> but and then a moment later there's just a crowd of people laughing at him and they're just like all gathered i don't understand it i didn't understand how george bailey is grabbing mary and shaking her and yelling that he doesn't want to get married and then the next scene they're married was that supposed to be like was that the humor back then abuse. yeah exactly her mother was my favorite character in the whole film. You love the most insufferable she, characters yeah. in all movies. <laughs> she was a saucy as well. I
0: hear you, George Bailey. Yes.
2: When the uncle lost all the money and then the villain stole it, where was the justice in the end? Right? He just kept the money. Because... Rich people can get away with anything. Uh, well, why but am I
1: answering all that? I'm like really defending yeah, like, this movie. Say, this, You're doing this segment has turned into kind of uh, George explains it's a wonderful life. It's <laughs> not, to <do> that. not <laughs> that hard. No, it's pretty straightforward. I want to go back to this because the theme, yeah. what did you take as the theme of the movie? Because if it's that <laughs> rich people make off in the end
2: and there's no justice, uh. I think you've missed something. There's no justice in old Hollywood movies. (laughs) Did, Did you get to the second act? Did you watch the end? Yeah.
3: Like when Clarence comes and visits him?
2: Oh, yeah. Wasn't that the whole plot of the movie? The last 30 minutes? Yeah, yeah, so, so you saw that. Yeah, you saw how that ends. Yeah. That's the nice part. I did think, yeah, I had a screw loose somewhere. But George <laughs> Bailey would not believe him, no matter how much evidence he saw. But isn't the yeah.
1: happy ending when all the people who he's supported over the years come and support him in his time of need? That's the point of the movie, yeah, right? Yeah, and he's always thought that he's
3: insignificant and the world would have been better off without him. And he realizes he's been a very important part of his world.
2: Yeah, George Bailey helped me buy yeah. a house. The
3: richest man <laughs> in Bedford Falls. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Let's fill it all the on holes. That was my takeaway.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Infrastructure. (laughs) It was wasted on you, TJ. You should have watched the black and white version. It was too many colors
1: for you. It was overwhelming. Yeah, he was like, what are all these reds and blues? Why is there a squirrel in the office? (laughs) Alright, folks, it's time now for Writer's Graveyard. Thank you, TJ. This is George in the Writer's Graveyard. What do you got for us, buddy?
3: I was digging through the files, and I found this old story I wrote when I was at Oglethorpe. I took a writing class. It was called Autobiography and Gender. And I just wrote these stories about my friend Mandy. What a
1: weird BS topic. You were writing short stories from a personal point of view. This is something I've actually thought about for a while, because when I was in college and... (laughs) I felt like there were so many gender studies classes, except they weren't gender studies. They were like, religion and pop culture and gender, yeah. right? They would sort of just put and gender, and gender after everything, and then you could minor in and gender.
3: <laughs> Pretty much, you know, liberal arts. It was a good class, though. It was one of the best writing professors I ever had. And she definitely points out to me later that this piece is overwritten. So this is uh, overwritten short story. It's quite long, but it is called Matchmaker. It's about my friend Mandy, who you guys know as Crazy Mandy. This is about when we first met in the eighth grade. T.J., I'm going to have you read the parts of young George. Okay. And Lily, you're going to read the parts of young Jennifer. Her name was Jennifer. She was a towering six-foot-tall woman with caramel-colored hair flowing down to the small of her back. She draped herself in plaids and khakis, denims and flannels, and had the nose the size of a small child. (laughs) Jennifer and I had known each other since the first day of eighth grade. Her locker was beside mine and was organized and structured to the point of nausea. On the bottom of the locker were all her heavy textbooks. Above the text was the first shelf, the light blue one, which held her yellow pen and pencil cup, which she stored an array of number two pencils and big pens. To the right of the cup sat two frames that contained pictures of her parents and of her dog. Above the blue shelf was a pink shelf that held her notebooks and a Bible verse of the day calendar. Inside the door was another photograph of her dog and a copy of her favorite verse and a mirror that said, Jesus love you, printed in bubbly mauve letters. <laughs> We sat beside each other in Latin. Our teacher, Miss Suzanne Waddy, a walrus of a woman, with a cloud of white hair hovering over her oblong head, believed the two eighth graders should sit together in order to better support each other in such a difficult course. We worked together in all the assignments and assisted each other with vocabulary and translations. We'd recite declensions and conjugations to one another and giggled when I confused my imperfects with my participles. A roar of laughter could be heard as I would translate, she placed the knife on the plate on the table as she threw knives at the baby under the table. She would chide me for daydreaming as Ms. Waddy lectured about verbs and tease me for failing quiz after quiz. She's the most perfect person in the world and she knew it.
0: I have the most wonderful life
3: she would say she was the perfect child with the perfect upbringing and manners not including her grotesquely large nose the perfect body i hated her that is until mid-may when i realized i was in love with her perhaps it was her perfect life perhaps it was her incredibly kind heart perhaps it was her mesmerizing fragrance perhaps it was her nose which could block the sun on a bright april afternoon i don't know exactly what it was but something caused me to fall in love with this girl She was the pinnacle of perfection, and I was a sloppy kid who couldn't pass Latin. I needed help. I needed it badly. I needed to find someone who could tell me what to do. And when I realized who I needed, I almost changed my mind. But something inexplicably forced me to lower myself and resort to receiving help from Mandy. Jennifer and Mandy were carpooling together since January of that year. Mandy said that she had changed carpools because she could no longer handle Joe's stench. He smelled like old baloney," she said once. It was nasty. I couldn't breathe. It's not just him. It's his whole family. His whole family's cursed with ugliness. Once I told Mandy how I felt, she immediately had a new mission. She was ecstatic. I'll totally help hook y'all up, she said. Oh, my God, you'd be the cutest couple. Soon Mandy had a plan. She called me two days later to give me the rundown. Okay, here's the thing, she began. I talked to Tanya, and we totally decided... Hold up. You talked to Tanya? I was angry and embarrassed. Yeah, Jennifer and Tanya are totally cool, and Tanya loves you, so she had to help. Anyway, George, the more of a friend you have on your side, the better chance you'll have at dating.
2: Well, did you tell anyone else? I was irritated.
3: No, except for my mom. I tell her everything. Anyway, listen, we decided that next week you need to go up to her and ask her if she wants to hang out with you on the last day of school trip at Six Flags. Everyone breaks into groups, and you and Jennifer can join with me and Tanya and Ginny. You want me to be the only guy in the group? I question her reasoning. It seemed quite odd not to hang out with my friends at the trip. Yeah, that's the way it would work. That way, when we all go to ride the parachute thing, you and she can ride it alone. And at the top, when you're overlooking the entire park, you need to tell her you like her. It'll be so romantic. I know I would die if a guy did that for me. I was sketchy about this plan. However, Mandy and her crew seemed to know what they were talking about. After much coaching by the cotillion of giddy girls trying to hook me up with Jennifer, I finally had the strength to ask her out. I decided to wait and ask her at the picnic before the Six Flags trip. It was a beautiful sunny day, and the entire 8th and ninth grade class had the opportunity to sit outside. I was sitting on concrete stairs in front of the school eating my ham and mustard sandwich with my friends when suddenly Mandy ran by the group and pulled me away by my arm. I dropped my sandwich. What are you doing? You just made me drop my lunch. I whined. You'll live, she responded. Now listen, you need to go over there and ask her to hang out with you at Six Flags. She's sitting by herself under that tree. She gestured towards one of the trees on a little island in the middle of the parking lot.
2: I'm not sure.
3: I continued, whining. What if she says no? Shut <laughs> up. Just go ask her. She gave me a push towards Jennifer to get me going. The shove caused me to tumble face first into the asphalt. Ouch. What'd you do that for? Just go. Quit whining. She said. She kicked me in the side. To avoid any more injuries, I slowly arose from my flattened position on the ground. I dusted myself off, walked over slowly to the woman under the tree. The sun shone directly upon her and surged through her beaming skin. She leaned against the tree and ate an apple. She was a goddess. I finally reached her in the island in the middle of the blackness. I stood above her and watched her in the shade of the tree. I squinted my eyes to block the sun. I felt as if I was standing upon holy ground. I should have removed my shoes. I tried to speak, however words wouldn't form. She had overpowered me. I could no longer move or speak. I was paralyzed by her beauty. Finally, my silence was broken.
0: How may I help you?
3: She asked.
2: Well, um, well, you see, I was kind of wondering, um, how are you doing? I didn't
3: have the courage to continue.
0: I'm okay. How are you, George?
2: Yes?
3: I responded. (laughs) She lowered her brow in confusion and disapproval. She began to speak, but I stopped her.
2: I was wondering if you would, maybe, if you want to, kind of hang out with me and some people at Six Flags on Friday? If that's okay with you, and you don't have any other plans, that would be great. I said.
0: No. It's the last day of school, and I want to hang out with my friends.
2: She explained. Well, we will be hanging out with your friends. I plan on hanging out with Mandy and Jenny and Anna and Tanya
0: they're not my friends i want to hang out with my friends
2: she explained again well okay then i was just asking in case you wanted to because i thought they were your friends i know you and mandy carpool together and you and tanya hang out sometimes so i thought they were your friends but that's all right i don't mind i'm probably not even going anyway (laughs) i was just checking to see
0: okay well thanks anyway
2: she interrupted me all right well uh Bye. I began
3: to leave the island of despair.
0: Oh, by the way,
3: she yelled to me. I quickly returned.
0: I heard you liked me, but I don't like you, so don't even think about asking me out, okay?
3: With that, she returned to her apple, and all was silent. I told Mandy what happened, and she was angry yet comforting. <sighs> she sucks anyway. I didn't ever see you two together. You're nice, and she's a snob. I was confused, but had no desire to attempt to decipher the female mind anymore. <laughs> and then turned gay. <laughs> And that was the last woman
1: you were ever interested in. I wouldn't go that far, but it started a trend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm taken with that there was a lot of dialogue in that scene, and trying to have that be a narrative is less interesting than... Do you see what I mean? like You were already kind of a screenwriter even back then. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think any of those characters were inherently interesting or well-rounded or well-spoken There was so much dialogue in it. And also the inside of the locker was so specific. So specific. I mean, the editor in me is like, let's half a page, you know. (laughs) I
3: wanted to cut and cut and cut and rewrite, but I felt like there was a gem of teenage angst in there that I had forgotten. I found this and I was like, oh, hell,
0: I forgot this story. Like, I
3: didn't even remember this happening. I forgot that this is how we became friends. I couldn't stand her until she tried to play matchmaker and I was like "Ah, I guess this girl didn't suck as much as I thought she did and then yeah. we became friends for
1: 20 years well and I guess as an adult it is funny to be in that world where, well she said but he said but he said because it feels so real in the yeah, moment yeah, right yeah. and then I think you get older and you just wish people would be quiet
3: <laughs> <laughs> All that pent up stuff, like I'm remembering how many phone calls there were about the Six Flags trip and how many people were involved and I imagine now that we'd be just like a thousand people on Snapchat trying to figure this whole thing out and it's just not that serious, right? And it how was did, also
1: a terrible plan.
0: I know. How did Mandy get her facts so wrong? You know, so
1: bad.
3: Such so a bad idea.
1: I remember we went to Gatlinburg on a band trip, and I got stuck with Zaretsky. (laughs) What's a Zaretsky? (laughs) Good question. He was just the kid that kind of was... He always wore Hawaiian shirts. He was a heavier guy. He was just annoying. He wasn't the victim, though. He kind of brought a lot of it on himself wasn't like he was just the nerdy kid but anyways we had a great time but everybody else paired off so they wouldn't have to be with Zaretsky and I was too nice and I spent the day with Zaretsky but we've been friends ever since I spent the whole day with him and it was great because we didn't have to be in a big stupid group and all that stuff so you're so cool with this guy Zaretsky if you're listening give us a call and folks believe it or not we've come to the end of another episode so that does it for us we are Broadcast on Saturdays on the Georgia Radio Reading Service, and the podcast is available Sundays on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or you can ask Alexa to play the funniest people I know. Rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend about the show. You can get us on Twitter and Instagram at funniest people I know or email funniest people I know at gmail.com. Have yourselves a hilarious week.